Well, good morning. You know, again, this summer has been one of those crazy summers. I've had a lot of time off, and I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's interesting to try to get back into the pulpit after you've had a lot of time off. But I'm glad I'm here today, and I wasn't so sure this morning. Uh, you know, I knew I was really off when Pastor Barb came into my office and said, Have you seen my eye? That's what my day started like, all right? So if anybody's missing an eye. If you're new to the hope, that's the best humor you're going to get out of me. Just warning you. This week, I'd really like to talk about our home. In fact, I've, I've titled this Home Sweet Home. How many know what I'm talking about? A lot of people are on vacation this weekend, trying to get in the last big woof, you know. Maybe they went somewhere else, maybe they took their RV somewhere. Saw a lot of trailers running around yesterday, a lot of RVs. Got lost in the wilderness, state forest, park, whatever that thing is up there by Mackinac. It was awesome, right? But what happens when your vacation's over? It's time to go home, isn't it? There's just something about your own house, your own bed, your own porcelain thing. Just something about that 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 can't be found anywhere else. And I like vacation. I like getting away. But I love coming home. And and then you got these, uh, these critters meeting you or greeting you when you come home. How, how many can say, yeah, that's me? I'm in love with, with the dog. And it, this one didn't turn out very good. This was this morning, but he was, this is Squeak. That's uh, Troy's cat, and he was behind. Anyway, you see what he's behind, but uh, just staring at me. But this is what we get to come home to, home sweet home. I love it. And it makes me just feel good, doesn't it? Does it make you feel good too? What I want you to see, though, in this study is that according to Jesus and the apostles, according to the Bible, this planet is not our home. I said, this planet is not our home. And we should act accordingly. All right? So, what it's really saying is, don't get too comfortable. Now, For the next 45 minutes or so, you're sitting on a, hopefully, a a nice comfortable chair. But spiritually speaking, we should not get too comfortable with this life. And here's what I believe the Holy Spirit was kind of downloading into my spirit as I shared this, as I put this lesson together. And that is, Norm, the church is too comfortable. You and me. We're too comfortable. We've, we've forgotten what our true calling is and what our purpose is and what we're supposed to be doing on this side of heaven. You know, one of the things that I thought about were the Amish. They do away with technology. They do away with really nice clothes. Why? Because they don't want to get so comfortable that they forget who the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is. And I'm not saying that the way they live is right or wrong, all right? 
I'm just using that, that as a fact. That's how they live. But we could learn something from them in the sense that we have to guard ourselves not to allow this life to become all there is. And let me ask you this question. Do you even have your eyes set on heaven? Have you even thought about heaven as the next place that you're going to live, which is going to be for how long? We're here for a sprinkling of time. I mean, if you were really to look at, if we had one of those great, great big sand things, hourglasses, and and each little piece of sand was a, a, a thousand years, and it dropped. It'd be nothing. And that's what it's going to be like. Forever is forever. And we don't even hardly think about what's coming next. Would you stand with me as I pray one more time? Lord, I believe that there is an energy today. An energy energy to preach your word. An energy to reach into the hearts of these men and women, boys and girls, and just to show them your plan for their life. God, that we would do it right, that we would please you, that we would live our lives according to your mandate, according to the scriptures, even following the master's lead, that is Jesus Christ. Help us to live like he lived. Help us to follow after him. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you today. And Lord, I pray that our hearts would be softened if they're hard. And Lord, that you would just minister to us as only you can. And even if this man doesn't say it, that you'd say something to each one here. Don't let us leave here today unchanged. But change us, Lord, with your word, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, just infiltrate our our hearts and our lives today. And I pray when we go out of here, we would sing an anthem of praise. We would go out in victory, Lord giving you all the glory and all the praise. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now you can sit down. I wanted to start today with second, excuse me, with 1 Peter 2. I am dyslexic. I need to stop saying that. I'm going to begin with verse 11 and read also verse 12. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12, this is from the NLT. Dear friends, so who's he talking to? The church. Dear friends, I warn you. What? You know, every time I get in this pulpit, I feel like I do that. Why? Because I want you ready. And not just ready, I want you doing what God's called you to do on this side. Too many of us are sitting on these and we're not doing anything for Jesus. It's time to get up. It's time to get moving. It's time to use your life for something besides a hat rack, if you happen to wear a hat. My dad used to say that. Sorry. I warn you, he said, as temporary residents and foreigners. Huh? Look at your neighbor and say, you're a temporary resident. That's true. As temporary residents and foreigners, here it is, to keep away from worldly views, worldly desires that wage against, that war against your very souls. 
Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Jesus is going to judge this world. And he's either going to come to you and you're going to be able to say, I'm ready. Or he's going to say, get behind me. I didn't know you. One of two ways. The only way to Jesus is by accepting what he did on the cross. That work covered, covered your sins, washed them away with his blood, and you're no longer held accountable. But you have to say yes to Jesus first. You've got to let him do what he, what he came to do. And then you need to start living like he lived. Start following him. You are my disciples, he said, if you obey my commands and do what they say. Pretty simple. What are his commands? Dust this off and you'll find out. Start reading it. Start cracking it open if you haven't already. I, I love the same passage in the message. When I read this, I went, ah, I've got to read both. Friends, this world is not your home. How do you like that? So don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. Don't you like that? But he starts out saying, this world is not your home. we got to get this in us. Too many of us have lost sight of why we're here. This world is not our home. Don't get cozy in it. Now that doesn't mean you can't enjoy life. That's not what I'm saying. But when this is, the, your whole being, your whole desire is, oh, what can I get next? What can I do next? Oh, what's going to make me happy next? <laughs> That's sick. And you have lost sight of what God's calling you to do. You've gotten cozy, friend. And it shouldn't be. All right? I went through and I looked up all of the, the names you know, we just saw a couple. Temporary resident. Pilgrims. How many have heard that in a while? Sojourners. Of course, these are from the King James. We're exiles. We're aliens. We're strangers in this world. Do you get it? Are you still with me? Do you still love me? Oh, thank you. Here's the thing. Falling in love with this life contradicts the Scriptures, contradicts the Gospels, contradicts the way Jesus lived and the way the disciples challenged the early church to live. We can't love this life more than we love God. But I'm afraid that that's what's happened. And I believe that's why God's kind of planted me on this topic this week and into next at least. So falling in love with this life contradicts the life that the Bible demands of us. 
don't love this world. But there is one that we're supposed to love. Right? Brother Mac, do you love Jesus? I know you do. Shane, I know you do, man. Clarence, yeah. Number one. Number one. He's number one. Everybody say that. He's number one. He's number one. Yes, we're supposed to love Jesus as followers of, of him. We must fall in love with our Heavenly Father. That's, that's got to start. That's your starting point, if you will. We're expected to develop a loving relationship with Jesus. Here's the thing. What I think is happening in the church today is that we come to Jesus, but we forget about that loving relationship part. He wants you to be in love with Him. He can't make you. He won't make you. You do this on your own. And how do you know if you're in love with Him? Spend time with Him. If you love your house, where are you going to be? You're going to be in your house. Home sweet home. If you love Jesus, where are you going to be? You're going to be with Him. I'm not saying every minute of the day. He's with you every minute of the day. But you need to focus on Him more than on this. Can I get a good amen? That's good preaching, Pastor. So we're expected to have a loving relationship with Jesus and we need the Holy Spirit who loves us and is always with us. We need Him to help us through this life. And we honor Him by doing what He says. And we've talked about this for weeks. All of this is a culmination of what I preached on the last several weeks. Besides last week because Salem's were here. But if you really think about this, what's going on up here, we need to control this. And we need to trust that God's got our backs and He loves us and He wants a relationship with us. And in turn, or in return, if you will, we need to love Him and spend time with Him and do the things that He's told us to do. Why don't you tell us all it really is? The Bible says you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That pretty well covers it, doesn't it? It sums it up. Love God. Love God. Love God. But don't fall in love with this life. Don't fall in love with this self. What happens when a Christian gets too close to this world? I want to talk about three things. First, we can forget our purpose for being here. How many know that you were created for something? Look around this room right now. Do you see anybody that looks similar to each other? Really? We're all so unique, aren't we? And, and if not on the outside, if you get to know those people, certainly on the inside, because we're so different. Some of us are friendly, especially before coffee. Okay, that's a lie. 
Some of us, well, we're just good friends, right? You know people that are just nice to have them around. They're good friends. Some people really love you, and they, they pour themselves into you. Maybe your parents, maybe a pastor, maybe somebody you know just thinks the daylights of you, and they're always poor, like our granddaughter. Oh, my gosh. Today's her first birthday. Yeah. So my son, and I didn't even realize she was on the phone, my son puts her little face on that, that little video thing, and I'm just like, oh. She was so cute, I wanted to just go. <laughs> It'd be weird on the phone, though. I love her. We love her, and, and we would have done anything for her while, while they were with us. Now they're downstate. I'll still do anything for her, but it's at a distance. Where am I going with that? We're all different, and we're all, we all treat each other different. God knows that. And he created us just like we are, not to be something else. But the way that we're created is for a reason. And he has a purpose for you and me to do something, something bigger than ourselves. Something that's going to rock this world, change this world, get a hold of hearts of people. That couple that was here last Sunday, last weekend, the Salem's, oh my gosh. They're amazing people. If you get to know them, they know everybody in the world, it seems like. And we got to spend a few precious days with, with them. That We don't normally do that, but this time it worked out. And they're talking about hanging out with, with I mean, dignitaries, all right? I don't need to name everybody. But I just went, wow, look at how God's using them. That's amazing. And he used little old Norm to minister to them just a little bit, but I still got to minister to them just as much as they ministered to us. You know, God can use you. I'm looking at everybody in this room. He's got a plan for you on earth, but you've got to be willing to do what he's calling you to do. Are you willing to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you say that with me? Your will be done, your, I said it backwards, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want his will to be done in us and through us. That's my goal, that's my plan. But here's the thing, we get so attached to this world, and we want the stuff, right? How many know what I'm talking about? You know, we were up in Mackinac City, and, and I'm not ditzing on car people. But I looked out, and I saw all these Corvettes. At, they had a Corvette car show up there, Mackinac City yesterday. And I'm thinking, what a waste. They're awesome-looking cars, right? But you can only drive them four months out of the year. Try taking one of those through a snowstorm. <laughs> Give me this Chevy Silverado any day. Yeah. Four by four. Yeah. 
Stuff. That's all it is. It's just stuff. We get so wrapped up with getting the stuff that we forget about. We, our horizontal, which shouldn't be, takes away from our vertical, which should be. When you put God first, he'll take care of your every need. But if you spend your whole life just going after stuff, you know what you're going to end up with? Nothing. In the end. What amount of stuff can you take with you to heaven? No U-Hauls behind the hearse. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek it first. Live righteously. And your heavenly Father, who loves the daylights out of you, Will what? Give you all that you need. All that you what? Need. All that you need. That doesn't mean all that you want because we're all, all way too, we want too much. It's okay to have goals. But don't let that dictate your relationship with Him. It's okay to go after stuff, to, to get stuff. I mean, I like to have a, a dependable car, right? I just talked about that. Yeah, I love having a nice house, a roof over my head in the winter, a warm place to sleep at night. But if it goes beyond that, and that's what drives me, there's something wrong. Don't fall in love with this life. Don't forget that God has a purpose for you. If we aren't careful, get this part. If we aren't careful, the wants of this life can suck the joy right out of you. You know, Pastor Barb, you, you said it about three or four times. You talked about joy today. And you were kind of walking in that joy bubble. I love it. It didn't help me much today, though. I, I, it's just one of those mornings. You know, maybe I let life suck the joy right out of me today. I don't know. I really have to think about that. Maybe it's because I was preaching this message. And God just wanted me to see what it was like. Here, let me take your joy away for a minute. How do you like that, Norm? I don't like it, God. Well, that's what it's like when you spend your whole life going after stuff. The very joy of the Lord can be sucked right out of you. I love how... Paul said it in Romans 14, 17, and I have this behind me. It's not about the stuff. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink. Eat or drink, that, that's the stuff. It's not important. But of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what it's about. Let me say that again. It's about living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you'll please God and others will approve of you too. So, please God equals joy. Don't let the stuff dictate your life. Let God dictate your life. Don't let going after all this influence you to the point where you forget about his influence. He wants you to look like him. He wants you to be like him. And we have to allow God the Holy Spirit to work in us 
for that to happen. Another, Paul also said this in 2 Corinthians. This is his advice. Fix your eyes on what matters in this life, especially when life gets hard. You ready? That is why we never give up, he said. Say that with me. Never give up. I've emphasized this a lot lately. You aren't a failure until you give up. So never give up. Though our bodies are dying, anybody say amen? Amen. Our spirits are being renewed every day. So though this flesh and blood is decaying, every single one of us in this room, your body, the minute you were born, it started wah and wah, it started to decay. But your spirit, uh-uh. it's renewed every day. It's growing every day in the Lord, hopefully. Our spirits are being renewed every day, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. We say, well, you don't live in my shoes. I don't need to. I got enough of my own issues. Whatever you're going through, it's only going to last a short time. Soon, you're going to be with him forever. And all of this, <laughs> you won't even be thinking about it, trust me. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. All right, say that with me. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, and I want you to repeat this, fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. Can you see heaven? How do you know it's there? Because the Bible tells us it's there. Because Jesus died so that we could enter heaven someday well that'd be pretty ludicrous wouldn't it if he came and he died and there was no heaven the next life is going to be amazing if you don't believe me read revelation 22 it's awesome this life is going to pale in comparison and yet we get so wrapped up in oh brother You had a week like mine. You know what? Get your eyes off of this life. Get them fixed on him. Because you're going home sooner than later. You're going home sooner than later. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. That's good news. As the body dies, our spirit gets stronger. Paul's saying this life is but a vapor and it's soon to be gone. But the next life is forever. Hallelujah! So like the saints who went before us, keep your focus on God, not this life. You do that by keeping your eyes fixed on, focused on like a laser beam on Jesus Christ the Master. Do life like he did it. That's our purpose. Fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and now is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And we're going to be right there with him. 
He went to the cross so that we'd be able to go to heaven someday. How cool is that? That's good news. So your purpose, live like the Master lived. Be content in your station in life. Listen to me. You were created for a purpose. If God wanted you to be a millionaire, you would have been born into wealth. If God wants you to be a millionaire and you weren't born into wealth, that'll happen. But don't ever let this, the wealth, be more important to you than Him. You know, the O'Learys are a great example of that. They were up here last weekend as well. And I'm telling you, those people are amazing. And they used their wealth to advance the kingdom. And God put them in that place so that they could. And maybe you're one of those. Maybe God will do that for you. But otherwise, be content. Poke your neighbor and say, be content with the station in life God has called you to. And I'm going to get into this just a little bit more in a minute. Here's the last one. This one isn't easy. Be willing to give it all up for Him. You know, when you come to Him, when you say yes to Jesus, when you bend your knee, God, forgive me of my many sins and make me a new person. At that moment, what He's saying to you is, I want all of you. Not just a little bit of you. I want it all. I want everything that's connected to you, Norm. Good or bad. The bad, He's going to help sever, breaking the chains. The good... He's going to add to it. Our spirit being renewed every day, every day, every day. So first, all right, don't forget your purpose. Second, if you're not careful, you can lose your effectiveness. This is important. When you focus more on what this world has to offer you, rather than what you have to offer the world, you become ineffective. The scripture that I'm going to jump off of again is from the message, Matthew 5, 13. Let, let me tell you why you are here, Jesus said. You are here to be salt seasoning. That brings out the God flavors of this earth. I love this. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? Are you with me? You've lost your usefulness and will end up where? heard many preachers preaching again lately that you can't lose your salvation and I read scriptures like this and I think how do you get by this you're not salty until you're born again but apparently you can lose your saltiness because Jesus said you could and where are you going to end up in the garbage dump what do you think he's talking about Heaven's garbage dump? Hell. And just as you can lose your godly flavor, if you become like the world, you can also lose your heavenly scent. Poke your neighbor and say, do you know you have a heavenly scent? You smell like, or you should smell like, Christ. 
you should smell like heaven. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 to 16. But thank God he has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. You know, God is so proud of us. He is parading us in front of the devil. These are my people. We're in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. And he's parading us in front of them with the aroma of Christ. And listen to what it says here. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a what? Sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. That's cool. God does this over the earth. When he smells us. My my children. He doesn't smell the stench of sin and death. He smells the righteousness of Christ as his kids. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. I had a dream last night. And I can't remember exactly what it was about, but I remember smelling that smell that comes out of a septic tank. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't think he's here today, but one of our brothers works for Spartan Sewer. And I'm telling you what, it's like... And it must have been bad because Barb told me when I woke up, oh, you had a nightmare last night. I was trying to get away from the stink. This world, when they get around us and they smell what should be the aroma of Christ, it actually smells like death to them, and they're like, get away, man. Hey, I don't like you. Why? Because you remind me of death. So if you wonder why the unchurched, the ungodly, the people that don't know Jesus, why they hate your guts, this is why. You smell like death. But to us, to the church, oh, everybody take it in. Hopefully your neighbor showered this morning, but anyway. <laughs> you with me? To those who are perishing, we smell like death. That's why the world hates believers. They see the good in us and they know they can't have it without change. And that envy causes them to hate us. B. The aroma of Christ everywhere you go. All right? And finally, number three, you can even lose your soul. I talked about that a little bit already. Matthew 16, 24 and 20 through 26, then Jesus said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will what? lose it but if you give up your life for my sake you will save it and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul is anything worth more than your soul what's Jesus saying here if this life means more to you than your life with Him, you've already lost. 
you're in danger of losing your soul. Back in the 80s, right after uh, I was born again and my wife was born again, we were late bloomers. The Lord promoted me and he gave me a, a job in experimental engineering with General Motors. Great pay, great retirement, great 401k, health benefits, stock options, clean, safe. Man, it was, it was a gravy job. It was awesome. I made so much money back then. Built a new house. Had at least one brand new car. We were, we were living the life. And then the Lord in the, about 1988, early 1988, catches me aside and says, Norm, I want you to do something else. <laughs> I'm like, what? I like this job. Thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so blessed. And you know what? We used that job. We, we blessed a lot of people. We used our income to, to bless. Not unlike the O'Leary's. And the Lord said, Norm, I want you and your family to go into full-time ministry. <laughs> what? I'm like, but Lord, you gave me this job. It's awesome. I don't want to do anything else. I like doing this. Norm, will you give it up for me? I had this conversation. Obviously, you know what I said. I wouldn't be standing here today if I hadn't said yes. Was it easy? No. I had no clue that when we left General Motors and went to Springfield, Missouri and started going to school that our income was going to go to about a 20th of what it was. I say that right, a fifth, 20% of what it was. I had four boys and a wife to support, and I had to pay for school. Ha! Ah! I was freaking out in a good way. But I was serving Jesus. I did what he told me to do. And we realized, you know what? If God wants us broke, then we'll be broke. If he don't, then he'll take care of this. He'll meet our every need according to his riches and glory. And I got nothing to worry about. And I had nothing to worry about. We had nothing to worry about. He took care of us. In fact, I would say there were times we were more blessed in that environment with nothing than we were when we were in Lansing with everything. Because God took care of us. And, and when he provided a miracle for us, to take care of a need, you just went, ah, oh, God loves us that much? I, I think I told you about the one, Thanksgiving. Maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't. My boys were all excited. They came running in the house. Dad, Dad, everybody in the trailer park, they got a gift package. And they thought I'd already brought it in. Dad, where's our gift package? Some church in the community went through the neighborhood and they picked out the people they thought didn't have anything and they gave them a gift package. 
Well, I guess they thought we just had way too much. Because we didn't get a gift package. And my son Joe looks at us and he goes, Dad, don't they love us too? And I just stopped him. We said, Joe, you need to go pray about this, man. Go pray about it. Go ask the Lord what's going on. He knows our needs. So he did. Didn't think anything of it. Three days later, I get this little little card in my P.O. box. You need to come to the, the mail lady. She's got something for you. I get up there and she goes, do you have a cart? And I'm like, huh? Well, you're going to need a dolly or something. And I said, for what? I don't know. This just came for you. It's, it's a bunch of packages from Pennsylvania. And I'm like, what? So I get them in my car. Each one weighed like 40, 50 pounds. I mean, they were heavy. Get them in the house. And my wife and I were there before our kids got home from school. We just opened one. And when I realized what it was, it was a gift package from Jesus. I'm telling you. One of the ladies in, in the campus, their mom said, do you know anybody on the campus that would really, could use a little pick-me-up? Somebody maybe that has a big family? Yeah, the Oberlins. They'd be great to give to like that. Now God arranged this before my son prayed this prayer. The community people didn't see the need, but some lady in Pennsylvania, a thousand miles away, saw the need, and she paid about a hundred bucks to get that there. It was so heavy. She could have just sent the money. I'd have been all right with that, but <laughs> it wouldn't have had the same effect, though. And we opened it up and we put it all back in and we waited till my son came home that day, or all of the boys. I said, Joe, got a, got a surprise for you. Go look on the table. And he gets over there and he goes, What is it? I said, That's God answering your prayer. He got so excited, and they all did. They all started ripping through it. Ah, It was so amazing. God loves us. We'll go without nothing if we're serving Him. If you need it, He'll provide it. And sometimes in miraculous ways. And I believe some of you are looking for a miracle right now, aren't you? That's our personal example. Are you willing to do anything or go anywhere for him? That's a question we all have to ask. The Lord called us to go into the ministry. As Cheryl said last week, many are called but few are chosen. I realized I was here for his good purpose, whatever his good purpose was. Are you willing to submit to whatever his purpose for you is? you got to ask that question. Because I don't think, it, it, I hope I'm not being too harsh, but I feel like this is coming from the Holy Spirit. He's just saying, you got to start here. If there's something you're holding back and you wouldn't be willing to give up, what is that? That's an idol. That's that song we sang. The high places are, have to come down. That's why I said I wanted to sing that we got to break these, these idolatry walls that are between God and us. Nothing should be more important to us than His will. 
God always will always meet your needs according to his riches. Here's the last thing I wanted to sum this up with as far as that testimony. While we were there in Springfield, my family was closer to Jesus and closer to one another than we'd ever been before. We had less stuff, but we had more love for each other and we were closer together than we'd ever been. Sometimes you just need to get rid of the stuff in order to see each other. Like the TV. Like your cell phone. Parents, this is bad, bad, bad today. There are warnings out today. We're sitting there with our child right here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's what kind of day you had? Okay, okay. Come on, really? Put the stinking cell phone down. Get real with your kids again. You're influencing them positively or negatively. And you kids, the same to you. Put those stinking cell phones down when you're with us. Your parents, your grandparents. Man, nothing more frustrating. We're, the next, the next uh, whatever we call it, gathering that the Oberlins have, we're having a basket when they come in. <laughs> putting that thing in the basket, at least for a couple hours a night. All right, I got off track there a little bit. As I begin to close, know your purpose, stay effective, don't lose the salt, don't lose the smell, cling to eternal life. Make that your goal. You're here, you're here for Him. You're here for His glory. Would you stand with me? You may not be called to give up your job for full-time ministry, and I am suspecting many of you will not be. In fact, some of you, God may use the job that you now have to increase what you have so that you can be like the O'Learys or someone like that that gives to the kingdom in order to see God's good news spread around the globe. But this only happens when we recognize this life is temporary. It's not permanent. The next one's permanent. So which one should we value more? The next one. It just makes sense, right? So heads bowed, eyes closed. It's where we get to that point where I just ask the hard questions. And I believe the Holy Spirit's already been speaking here. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Norm, I, I think I may have been falling a little short here, or a lot short, and I think I've been putting more emphasis on this life than my relationship with Jesus, and I want that to change. If that's you, just lift your hand up real quick so I can see it. Yep, hands going up all over the room. Thank you, thank you. Put them down. You know, God is in the change business. Doesn't mean he's cheap like change, like nickels and dimes, uh-uh. No, he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills, all the silver and gold. It's all his. And you know what he cherishes most? You. <laughs> you and me. I don't get it. 
I'd go after the gold, but not God. He loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to take our place on that cross. Where you and I should have suffered eternal damnation, separation from God, he said, nope, Jesus is going to go and he's going to take your place and through his shed blood, you will be given everlasting life. I will never look at your sins again. They will be as far as the east is from the west, as far as I'm concerned. And that's good news. And you may be here today and you may say, Pastor Norm, I need that Jesus. <laughs> I haven't made a decision for him yet, but I'd like to do that today. Let this be the first day. Let this be the day that I'm born again, just like you were back in 1981. And if that's you, you need Jesus today. Just lift your hand up real quick. Hands up. Yep. Anybody else? You can put them down. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to join me in prayer. Would you, if you feel inclined, and I especially would invite those who lifted their hands to come up, if you just want more of Jesus, but I want you to come up here real quick. Come on. I'd love to see the whole church up here, but I know that doesn't always happen. This isn't to receive Christ that you're coming up here. This is those of you who are saying, you know what, I just need to change some things in my life. I know I'm not ready. I know I'm not doing things the way God wants me to do it. And you need to be up here. Sometimes that step of faith is what ignites the power of God and that surge hits you and he gives you just what you need. Don't be bashful. There's nobody up here pointing fingers at you. I'm pointing it right at myself. There are things in my life that aren't right. I need to be down here and I, I will be here in just a minute, but I can't be in two places at once. Hallelujah. what I want you to do. Just put your hand on your heart right now. Or both of them. Can you feel God's hug right now? <laughs> I can. He's here today. He wants you to know how much He loves you. You're taking a step of faith here and He loves you for that. You know it's not over until the day you stop breathing on this earth. So right now there's going to be a change take place in you. God wants to elevate you into a new place, a new position in His kingdom. And your willingness to give it all up, to, to just say, Lord, I don't want to do it my way anymore. I want to do it your way. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if that's you right now, I just want you to pray this with me. Father, Father I love you. I love you. And I give you all that I have. All that I have. All that I am. All that I am. And all that I will be. And all that I will be. Today, today, I invite you. I invite you to have your way with me. Have your way with me. Get my eyes. 
Get my eyes fixed on Jesus. Fixed on Jesus. Not on this earth. Not on this earth. Help me to live for you. Help me to live for you. All the days I have left. All the days I have. And left. I pray right now. And I pray right now that I'd be godly flavor. That I'd be godly flavor. That I'd be a sweet aroma of heaven. I'd be a sweet aroma of heaven to everyone around me. To everyone around me. And I thank you for this today. I thank you for this today. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I lift up those that need Jesus today. The Bible says if they confess with their mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that you died for their sins, they will be saved. That's my prayer right now. And if that's you, and I'd ask the saints, Lord, to join me. Pray this with me. Father, Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. I put my trust in you. Put my trust in you. And what Jesus did on the cross. What Jesus did on the cross. He died for me. He was buried. But he rose again. But he rose again. He didn't stay dead. He rose again. He rose again. And one day, I'm gonna rise again. I'm gonna rise again. To be with him forever. So today I give you my life. And my love. my love, have your way with me, have your way. in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, it's so hard closing these services. Can we make this our going out song? When you see this, as you read the words up here, do what it's saying. See it. See those, those, those high things coming down. See the things that aren't good for us broken in the name of yes. Jesus. And, and this will be our going out. Father, we thank you again as we close this service and sing this last song. God, keep everybody safe when they're coming and they're going. And Lord, just bring us back next time. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you.